Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What's up? My name is Jordan Williams, and welcome to our latest Instant Recap podcast on the Land Grant Holy Land feed, where we break down the latest games with in-depth analysis, discuss the overarching themes, and what comes next. Uh, I'm joined by Christopher Rennie, host of the Buck Off podcast. How you doing, Chris? Doing well, Jordan. Thanks for uh, having us. Like, I mean, this is going to be fun having this to do after Buck Off, especially during football season. But we're excited to get it started here with Carmen's crew today. Yes. Um, so, if you're here, you know that we're recapping the D basketball tournament. Um, Carmen's crew's win today. Um, you know, I just wanted to start with the with a quick recap. First of all, for anyone that's like me, uh, who kind of had to, to Google the, the the basketball tournament a little bit um, to get some of the fine details, um, the basketball tournament is it's in its eighth year, right? Um, and so, essentially, um, a, a mainly alumni teams, but a bunch of uh, a bunch of teams. It's a 64 team tournament. Um, they come together and play in about a week and a half. Um, it is the home of the Elam ending, so uh, they play four nine-minute quarters, and the first stoppage after four minutes in the fourth quarter, they do the Elam ending where they add eight points to the leader score, and whoever gets to that point wins. Um, and so today, it was Carmen's crew, Go Bucks, um, beating the Mid-American Unity 75 to 65. How do you feel? Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting game today. You know, kind of had those first game jitters early, and they kind of made up for it a little bit in the second half. I mean, Ohio State has some guys who are just honestly instant buckets, so I I knew they'd come alive a little bit after they got going a little bit, and we're going to talk about that more here. But I thought it was just an exciting opener for the former Ohio State players on Carbon's crew to get this going. You know, it's always good seeing those names that you saw in your past, like some of the guys you rooted for, getting another opportunity to root for them for a team you can care about. So I I was excited watching it and seeing the old faces 
And I know a lot of Ohio State fans have really taken this team as their own. So, Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, you you watch it. The majority of the players are Buckeyes. Um, it, the, the regional this year is in Columbus. Um, we had Ohio State current and former Ohio State players and the fans. Um, a lot of legends, you know, Jared Selinger is the coach and GM. So, you know, when you watch, when you look at it, you watch the fans, everyone's in their Buckeye jersey. It really feels like it's the Buckeyes. And um, as you mentioned on the Buck Off podcast, I hope everyone's listening, um, listens to both, uh, that it really feels like, you know, sometimes this tournament can make up for some of the things that happens with the Buckeyes. Um, I was wrong. I said 75. The score actually was 77 to 65 over uh, 16 seed Mid-American Unity. Yeah, you're um, pretty so, spot on, though. Yeah, I was. I was close. I was. I was almost there. Um, so this this was a this was a really big game, especially uh, just to get into the actual analysis. It was 37 37 and a half. Um, Carmen's crew had 10 turnovers. Um, Mid-American Unity had 13 points scored on those 10 turnovers. Um, there was a 12 to three deficit in fast break points. Um, we only had three fast break points um, in the first half, and we only had three assists. Um, there was a lot of uh, as they determine, as they like to call, hero ball going on. So, um, how did you feel uh, going into the halftime, and how do you think um, with it being tied and we ended up winning by 12? What what happened in the second half? What what were they able to address? Yeah, so I, I think you nailed it on the head in the first half. I think overall the offense looked a little uh, – it lacked a lot of cohesion, but I know that comes with playing together. And once you get into game speed, it's a whole different story. There's a lot of energy on both sides. And I think one thing that Carmen Screw did well in the first half that kind of led to them having a lot of success in the second half was just keeping the defensive intensity up, not letting the offensive possessions kind of spoil their energy on the defensive side of the ball. As you and I both know, being basketball fans, being guys who watch a lot of basketball, that like turnovers on the offensive end could lead to a lot of laziness on the defense end. But when you got guys like David Lighty, Aaron Kraft, uh, guys who are known in college as like defenders first and then offensive guys second, the intensity is going to be there the whole game. And they did not take any steps back. And then the shot started falling a little bit more for some of the more offensive-oriented guys like William Buford. Costa Kufis got going a little bit in the second half. Uh, so, as always in basketball, great defense eventually leads to easy offense, and that's kind of what we saw take shape in my eyes, for sure. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. I mean, um, it was interesting. It was 37-37 at half, but, you know, when you have 10 turnovers and the other team has 13 points, that could have been a blowout. It could have been a 13-point game. It could have been anything. And so I think you're spot on. You know, I put a little bit of lack of effort um, and I think a little lack of cohesion, uh, but the defense was always there. Yeah. Um, And so – the offense it, it was, felt like there wasn't – it didn't have the same intensity on the offensive side no. of the ball. It was kind of weird how good they were defensively and how unorganized and kind of disoriented they were at the start offensively. Yeah, I think one thing you can say about that is defense for the most part, unless you're playing like a zone or something, is individual. So everyone could come out and, and play their own individual defense. But on offense, I think maybe they were trying to feel each, feel each other out or I don't know, maybe they hadn't – 
played in a while, and so everyone was trying to get their shots up. But it was definitely a lot of uh, a lot of hero ball and a lot of lack of cohesion, which happens with the team, you know, that doesn't play often. I mean, you kind of see that with uh, the United States um, Olympic team and their first two losses. You know, these players are, are kind of getting used to each other. There's a lot of new faces on this team too this year, um, kind of trying to rebound from last year's loss. Um, one thing that I thought was very important, though, because um, I'd already mentioned there was 10 turnovers at half. They ended the game with 14 turnovers and 15 points uh, scored off turnovers, which means in the second half, um, they only had four turnovers and they only allowed two points off turnover. Um, so, you know, like you already mentioned, the offense clicking and kind of getting that together, uh, but also limiting the turnover and putting a little bit more effort um on the defensive end after the turnovers, really limiting um, mid-American unity uh, from scoring really helped as well. Yeah, I, I think one thing you could really see on the stat sheet immediately looking at the box scores was uh, mid-American unity did outshoot Carmen's crew. They outshot him by seven shots. That shows something that happens from the turnovers. But in the second half, like the points off turnovers dropped significantly. They only scored five off turnovers in the second half. So – Ohio State cleaned up the game, and they never really got down on themselves. And whenever Mid-American Unity would go on any sort of a run, it felt like David Lighty would answer. It felt like whoever would answer, you know, would come in and make a big bucket to kind of just silence that little bit of a run they'd go on. Because there was a few times in the second half where it got down to seven, five points. But, you know, it kind of never felt in jeopardy. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say that even in the first even in the first half it was just kind of like you could see that there was a, a slight talent difference and, and I don't mean that disrespectfully uh, the Mid American Unity was a great team I'm a Mac guy so I was a little bit torn and they played hard but you know ultimately there was a little bit of a talent gap there, I think there's more players who you know played at a higher level in college some went to the NBA a lot of the um, Carmen's crew played professionally somewhere. And so you could see it's like the talent is there. You know, that's why the score is still close. If they just put it together, if they just calm down on offense, they get a little bit of flow. And so you're exactly right. It never felt in jeopardy. And then in the second half, they really turned it on. And even when Mid-American Unity um, made their runs, which they're going to because they're all talented players, like you said, someone stepped up. And I think that's the the perfect segue um, to some key players of the night. Um, obviously, David Lighty um, was player of the game. He had 19 points on 8 of 12 shooting. He was 3 of 4 from 3. Um, he was really the only person making threes because they shot 37% from 3. Yeah, there is for sure a lid on the basket from outside for the Buckeyes for most of the game. Yeah. That, that, was, that was tough. But thankfully, you know, they was, they had some big bodies uh, who could get under there. Um, one person I wanted to shout out who had a, a bigger impact in the first half than the second was Julian Muvanga. Um, you know, he had eight points in seven minutes in the first half, and he's really what got them to a tie game. You know, and yeah. after the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, you know, Mid-American Unity had a lead, and, and Julian Muvanga went on a run. And with with him scoring eight points in seven minutes and, and some better focus and cohesion towards the end, that was able to get them to a tie game. So definitely wanted to shout out him. Uh, is, is there anyone else? I know you mentioned Costa yeah. Kufis. I had him on my list. Who, I kind of want to touch on Mavanga one more time real quick. His effort was something that kind of really stood out to me immediately. You know, not being a former Ohio State guy himself, he kind of fit into mm -hmm. with that team really well because it started with him on the defensive side 
like it does with all the former Ohio State players. It was really traditional Thad Bata basketball out there, and you could see his imprint on the game. And Muvanga was – it felt like he fit in really well with the group. And, you know, him and some of the other guys who aren't Ohio State guys seem to really find their place on this team. And, yeah, Costa Kufis, he uh, was very skillful. So that's a guy I want to talk about a little bit. I don't know we have one guy we both need to talk about. Absolutely electric. We'll get to him in a second. But Kufis, uh, you could tell as a big, uh, he wasn't going to play the huge minutes that a William Buford or David Lighty were capable of playing. Uh, he had smaller impacts. He played for shorter periods of time. But every time he was in the game, whether it was rebounding, whether it was shooting the ball, Kufis came up huge. And he obviously was a huge closer in the game today. I think he scored the last four points for the Buckeyes team, the Carmen's crew. And he went in there and he just kind of took on the undersized matchups, Mac, uh, the mid-American unity put in front of him and just kind of took advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, he had 16 points, seven of eight shooting and 10 rebounds. And it was really throwback basketball. You know, now you're so used to watching college basketball in the NBA where every big is a stretch four, stretch five shooting threes. And it was like, nope, he, but he banged in the paint. He's seven footer, uh, you know, so he used his height, he used his length. Um, and I, I mean, I'm happy he showed out again on Book Up Podcast. He was one of the players I was looking for because he's from Canton and I'm from Canton, went to Glen Oak. So, um, it, it was definitely a good showing in the second half. And I think one thing that really stuck out to me, and you kind of mentioned it with Julian, is I think this is a team with no ego. Like, you know, Julian Mavanga um, scored eight points in seven minutes and then didn't play too much in the um, in the second half. Um, Aaron Kraft, you know, didn't get his numbers, but he didn't start either, you know. And whether you feel like he should or not, he's a big name. So being willing to come off the bench. Uh, Costa Kufis was – didn't wasn't super involved in the office in the first half, but got his in the second half. And so it really seemed like David Lighty was kind of the consistent all the way through. I think you would agree with that and anyone that yeah. watched, but everyone else had their moments and it was very unselfish. It was very, you know, you know, whatever I have to do to win, which is, which is big with a lot of people who they have big names play at Ohio state professionally, different things like that. So you always, it's good to see, you know, um, that kind of cohesion and that uh, selflessness. Yeah, no, you're right for sure because the egoless basketball is exactly how you win a tournament like this. You can't have any guys who are kind of taking away from the end goal, which is that million-dollar prize at the end of it or however much money it is. I can't remember off the top of my head. but Yep, it's a million. It's a million. Yeah, that's what I thought. And he, uh, you know, Aaron Kraft coming off the bench, wasn't ready to see that. Uh, I was kind of surprised by it just because of his history with Ohio State and this Carmen's crew team. He came off the bench, didn't really score much, did his thing defensively, made the guards on uh, Mid-American Unity feel uncomfortable, and, you know, kind of just did his thing. I think overall that's what this team is all about. And that's why this team-oriented approach I'm very excited to continue watching because it's really fun to watch an unselfish basketball team play. You didn't see a lot of bad heat checks. You didn't see a lot of selfish hero ball, especially in the second half. Oh, you know, there was a lot of deferring in the first half. In the second half, you could see that these guys were like, David Lighty's a hot hand. Let's get him a few touches on this possession. William Buford hasn't missed the last couple of possessions. Let's get him some more shots. Costa Kufus is in the game. They're undersized right now. Let's get them on the block. Let's get them with those little baby hooks he kept dominating with. 
And that's exactly like they matched their strategy to whatever they had to do to win. I agree 100 percent. And you you can tell that they respect each other. There was a video that was going around and um, Julian um, Jared Selinger was cussing as a coach um, in the locker room. And it's a bunch of grown men, you know, to have to be able to share that emotion and stuff like that obviously shows that they respect him and they respect each other and they and they're in it. They want to win. So before we talk about what's next, let's, let's talk about the last key player. The last key player, and I started the fan club on uh, the recording Wednesday for Buck Off, uh, Jeff Gibbs, you know, the man is not ever going to be the guy who scores 25 points in a game. He's never going to get those highlight dunks because mostly he's 6'2 and not a vertical player. But you and I both watch that game, and every time he touched the ball, this is exactly what a know-your-role guy should be like, is Jeff Gibbs. And I loved every second he touched the ball. Yeah, I had never, you know, I had never heard of him because I don't typically watch the TBT, honestly. At this point, as I mentioned before, I'm getting ready for football season. But, man, from the first second he touched the ball, I'm like, yep, yep, Chris was right. I'm a fan. I mean, you, you watch some of the clips. He's literally just bullying people who, you know, have four, five, six, and seven inches They on never them. throw doubles at them because they think, well, we can handle this guy 6'2". I'm just going to use my leg. No, doesn't work. Mm-mm. He creates space so well. And I, I, what did he end up with? I think he only ended up with four points or so. But they were all big points. And, uh, yeah, he ended up with eight points. So he had four free throws, two buckets. And his two buckets were unbelievable. I, they were just drive and then – get the ball up in the air somehow, and they both went in. Yeah, and it's uh, it's electricity. He really brought a spark. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, the, eight points, whatever. He the energy got play. going with Jeff Gibbs. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, I mean, they were they were highlights. Both buckets were highlights. Like, if you're going to score – if you're only going to have two buckets, at least make them highlights, right? Yeah, for sure. And he absolutely – I think that's it. I Anytime he does something, you can see the bench, the way they celebrate. Because the dude is almost – he's pushing 40 years old. He's the oldest guy out there. He's the shortest guy out there, it feels like. And, like, if you had to go pick a lineup for your pickup basketball team with the Carmen Screw roster, I don't think Jeff Gibbs is going to fall in the first couple picks. Definitely not. He's, he's especially because he is older. He's literally the older guy that's at the rec center that's giving everybody buckets. It's like he's been here for forty years, like giving everybody buckets, um, yep. and he's still doing that. So yep. it's, definitely, it's his gym, and we're all living in it. Oh, exactly. So as, as we start to wrap up, um, you know, the next game they play Men of Mackey, which is the the Purdue team. Um, they're the number eight seed. Uh, they beat the number nine Volunteers, which is the uh, Tennessee team, uh, 83-74 right before. As you mentioned, it was kind of a double-headed kind of scout. I didn't get to catch that game, but how do you think that game is going to go? Is there anything outside of the turnovers, which is major, is there anything in this game that kind of gives you caution for the next game? Uh, just kind of give us your preview of the next game, which is on Sunday, uh, July 25th at 4 p.m. on this yeah, so the next game against Minamaki is going to be a very interesting matchup because these players are all very familiar with each other historically being old conference folks, you know. Uh, Ohio State and Purdue used to have a lot of battles. They still have a lot of battles. And watching the game, I think they play a very similar way to how Purdue plays. And, uh, 
you know, it's a team that relies a lot on bigs and looking at the stat sheet and all that stuff. Yes. Robbie Hummel, he's going to be a big time player for him. You know, you've got a good group of guys. I was watching the game and I wasn't able to catch his name. So I was kind of watching it in passing a little bit. Uh, but they had a stretch big who was pretty much getting out there. They had a lot of guys who were not scared to shoot the outside shot. Uh, overall, I think this is going to be a really challenging matchup. And I don't think Carmen's crew is going to have the easiest road to get to the finals. And I think the men of Mackey, if they get through this, uh, they could beat any other team in the tournament. I think this is a team that really deserves respect for sure. And I don't think uh, you could get to the same slow start you did against Mac Unity against these guys. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think you said that perfectly. I would agree with that a hundred percent. And one thing that's you know that we mentioned, you know, with against Mac Unity, except for uh, Jeff Gibbs, it was really a size advantage. And you know, outside of maybe Costa Kufis, who's seven foot, we're not really going to have that size advantage. Purdue yeah. always has big players, um, and so. Like you said, they really hope they learn from this game and they, they start hot because they're not going to be able to have 15 turnovers. They're not going to be able to allow, you know, 13 points of turnovers and a half against a Purdue, uh, this Purdue team, um, men of Mackey. Yeah, I think another thing with it is them having the bigs they do is just making sure Ohio State's utilizing the whole floor, not over, you know, utilizing the high pick and roll to get these bigs out into uncomfortable positions i think those are two things you're gonna to have to watch for in this next game and i think this might be a game where you start seeing a little bit more uh aaron craft just to have that sort of defensive intensity more and you know he's a, he was really good at running the pick and roll in school so i think there's going to be a way if jared solinger coaches like he did against mac unity i think there's going to be uh very much an opportunity for this team to Find the weaknesses once again and take advantage of them. Because I'm taking Costa Kufus over Robbie Hummel any day of the week. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to wrap up on. Jared Selinger needs his respect because he did make adjustments. I mean, that goes back to being unselfish and, and having respect of everyone there because they came out and they looked like an entirely different team. So if he continues coaching um, like he is, we continue to get the effort. I do think this is going to be a game where they need to shoot a little bit better from three because you don't want to bang too much. Um, you don't want to bang too much and potentially get into foul trouble and those kind of things. So um, definitely don't want to shoot 37% from three, but it's definitely a winnable game. It's just not going to be easy, um, and they're going to have to clean up some things. Yeah, and, you know, Purdue historically and the men of Mackey adjacently, uh, they I, I don't know the history in the tournament exactly, but I do know that – I mean, this is a conference rivalry game to me. Like, this is going to have a lot of intensity because of the history. And I think it's going to be something all Ohio State fans, uh, whether it's basketball or you're just an Ohio State football fan, should tune into because it's going to be a lot of fun on Sunday. Yeah, this is Ohio State versus Purdue. They just have different names. I don't want to hear anything else. It's Ohio State versus Purdue. Um, do you have any 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 last thoughts on the, on this game or the next matchup? Yeah, I mean, I got one thought on this game, and this is kind of more of a fun thought. Uh, I think we did a good job of recapping it. But I really like the Carmen Screw uniforms. I thought they were pretty yeah. good. I thought they were well done. The X through the M was a nice touch. And I think overall, I mean, it had that look good, feel good, play good vibe. And I was really excited. You know, it's not easy for teams to – get off to a good start in the tournament as we saw 
in spring. I don't want to bring up bad memories again, but it really is something to get that first one out of the way. And that's what Ohio State's Carmen Screw did. Yeah, and especially to get it out of the way when you don't play your best. You know, you win by 12 and you're like, dang, we could have done a lot better. And so you just take it, you learn from it. They have a couple of days off uh, to to hopefully get some practice in, all that kind of stuff. Um, Last thing I have to say is it was just, obviously I wasn't there, but our Connor Lemons, um, our basketball expert, was there. It was nice to have some fans there. Um, it, It was nice to... You know, COVID's still real, but it was nice to have a little bit of normal, and that's a good, a, a nice little precursor for football season, where we will have fans, and we know that the Carmen crew and the Buckeye fans are bringing the energy, um, and Carmen's crew can look forward to that uh, every game. So, hoping that they, hoping that they go, that they go far. This was a good first game. Um, definitely some things to learn, but we have. Ohio State or Carmen's crew versus Purdue or Men of Mackey Sunday um, at 4 o'clock on ESPN. And I think that's it for us today. Um, We'll be back with more instant recaps, but until then, um, check out all the amazing content on the Land Grant Holy Land feed. Um, Catch me and Chris every Friday on the Buck Up podcast. Um, You can find me on Twitter at J... I don't know my Twitter. Jordan W330. Um, Chris, where can I find you at? Yeah, you guys can find me on my personal Twitter account. Uh, it's Chris Rennie CFB, big college football guy. That's what I've been talking about. I've been talking about all this expansion talk there today. So if you guys want to converse with me there. Uh, and then obviously I run the Buck Off Podcast Twitter page at Buck Off Pod. That's where all the Ohio State conversation gets done. So all you Buckeye fans, make sure you're following that for the same opinion and analysis we're giving you here just through twitter oh definitely so follow us um get ready for some more instant recaps of tbd uh tbt um and then ultimately get ready for some buckeye football go bucks go bucks